Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Eyes, the QPR podcast, which we guarantee will not go beyond 90 minutes. Anyway, that was a kind of a David Fraser link-up, wasn't it? Yeah, it was awful. You've, been, you've been thinking of that one for a while, haven't you? No, I haven't. It just came to me in a real wow. flash of blindness. Brilliant. Right, I'm joined by the one, the only. Oh, it's so nice to have you back, Clive. Yeah, it means things are on fire, doesn't it? I feel really bad about that. Like, yeah. We went all through that forest and things yeah. that were really good, and we never had you on. No. And that's a bit shade. Yeah. Up your pop? No, you were. You remember last time you were things on. Things were going reasonably well last yeah. time. Yeah, and say, we said you, know. you didn't have something to moan about, and then I mentioned something, and then you went off on a right rant. That doesn't sound end. like me at yeah. all. No. Okay, the voice you just heard was that of Chris Charles, who's had a busy day. Um, I saw Chris last night, oh, funnily enough, um, staggered up the road. Absolutely, and I apologise to everyone who sits near me that I, I decided to take Chris with me to the game last night, and um, you've got a lot of apologise to do, big man. No, I have not. Yes, it's you have. And you left your Tic Tacs under the seat as well, you forgot. Oh, I wonder where they were. Yeah. Yeah. And you ended up with the pie. Tic Tacs, tactics is what we needed. And then you night. ended up with a pie in your face as well. Sound like you had the right idea, to be honest. Anyway, Chris was very drunk last night, but that's probably the best way of watching the game, and then had to leave early to get a train to Sheffield and missed... <laughs> Well, it was 2-1 when I left. Uh, sorry, 2-1. 2-all when I left. And I was up the road. I didn't hear any significant cheers or boos or anything like that. And I was, like, quite comfortable when I got onto White City and then got to St Pancras. Alert came in and I was absolutely crucified. Absolutely gutted. Is that your Jesus moment? My what, sorry? Nothing. So, um, did, how was Sheffield? Oh, Sheffield's all right, apart from taking a body punch from Billy Joe Saunders in uh, what he thought was like a game. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was only a gentle one, but it was still enough to uh, wake me up a little bit. Do you, are you insured for that sort of thing? I don't know. <laughs> it was all right. Yeah, it was fine. Thank you. I'm sure no one wants to hear about that, so let's carry on. You're quite right, they don't. Yeah. Right, and we're also joined by James Mibberley. Hello. How are you? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we're so good. We're full of the joys. <laughs> <laughs> apart from football, James, how's your life going? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah, No disasters after ninety minutes. No, generally fine. Generally fine. Yeah, all good. And yeah. you appeared to the podcast, which we thank you for a lot and for coming on, which is really kind of you. Right, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but we haven't had the best of times of late. And I'm kind of, do we start at the start of the seven, or do we just work at the last three or four, or do we just have a general? Talk I think, about th- have a therapy session about what's gone wrong in the last few weeks, or do we just think, do you know what? It could be a lot worse. We're getting better. It's just a few minor glitches that we're having. Clive. You want me to attack that, do you? Well, I'm looking at you, even though I'm cross-eyed. Uh, what do I think's gone wrong in general? Uh, is a sort of perfect storm of uh, of things have occurred. Um, mm-hmm. Literally everybody just took a massive swig of drink as I started to talk. There. So, okay. okay, it's like that, is it? Right. Um, um, Surprised you can remember. A lot of the um, a lot of the players that were playing well at the start of the season have lost form all mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, Eze, Leisner, Wells, Lumley. A lot of the players were asked to play a lot of minutes in the first half of the season, uh, and we didn't change the team at all over Christmas. And I think that's maybe coming back to haunt us a little bit. Quite a few of them look pretty tired. 
Uh, I think it's uh, a unique set of fixtures to have, what, eight games in February and it's basically against the top seven in the championship and a Premier League team. Mm -hmm. That's unlucky. And, you know, I I do wonder why the club, maybe under pressure from the league, were so quick to rearrange the Leeds and West Brom games and cram them in when... That's a great point. Maybe they could have gone later in the season. But from what I gather, I think the league put a lot of pressure on to get... They don't like teams having games in hand, like, hanging over them at the end. So, but it's not ideal, that set of fixtures. And, you know, we've been ridiculously unlucky um, I just I can't remember a run of luck like it really you know conceding goals 93-94 a penalty you know you get a penalty you should have had a penalty at Wigan it wasn't given you get one against Birmingham you miss it you get one given against you at Bristol City which was a nonsense That's you true. know you, you go you come back into the game last night and then Freeman gets injured after you've made all your subs that's, that's a unique run of or is that game I'm, management Maybe I'm not saying it's all luck, but you know I do, I do think you have to cut them a little bit of slack. It's been a well, it's been four 0 down at City before you start playing. Isn't four nil against Birmingham. Yeah, no, absolutely abject. Mm. And, and there's some abject. You know, you can't sit here and moan about bad luck when Joel Lynch is doing what he's doing for that second goal last night. You know, that's that's not bad luck. That's just that's amateur hour. So it's not all luck. What I'm saying, there's just a number of things. You know, Lynch was playing well in the first half of the season, and he's now back to being an absolute liability. So there's there's a number of factors that have all come together at once to create, you know, just an absolute clusterfuck of a month. Okay, well, we'll go through the... What we're going to do, we're going to have a talk about it, and then we'll hopefully, by the end of the podcast, find a cure. <laughs> there isn't a cure, mate. It's Groundhog Day in hell, basically, at the moment. It's oh. You're not allowed to... We haven't, you haven't got time to... Is this a hangover? <laughs> You've not got time to grieve over like the the Birmingham game, which is was probably the worst of the lot. I, but what I would say that the encouraging thing for the Birmingham game was the, the fact that we did come back and we had a shocker of a first class, but we did turn it round, which should have been four. It could argue have been five four to us. Um, yeah. We did last night as well, and last night as well. Um, yeah, clearly, I missed the, the the winning goal, but by all accounts, um, they were lucky not to be down to ten men. From what I read this morning, oh, no, he should be yeah. sent off. He should be yeah, sent Liv- off. Livermore should have been sent off. That was a red. We could, but again, you know, and it's very unlucky to lose Freeman in the manner that we did and go down to 10. But you've got, like, you can't do what we did for that last five or six minutes last night. You can't literally just put 10 men on the goal line and hope for the best. You've got to try and get out. Yeah. You know, it, it was coming. But The thing is, it hasn't worked so far for so many games a season of putting everyone in defence because we can't defend. We, too yeah, much the pressure. Def- the defense isn't, and you can good, see it's getting lovely because he did that um, air kick and stuff like that, which he wouldn't on. James, your thoughts? No pressure. <laughs> There's loads of people listening. That's good. It's good. Um, I do think we have been slightly unlucky, but some of that luck, well, that lack of luck, is down to us as well. Okay. So it's not just bad luck. It is some of it is down to us as well. We have to accept that. So. Where we have been unlucky last night, uh, well, to a point, some of it's down to us. You can't defend for 10 minutes and expect to come away with anything, really, can you? No. Really? I I don't think you can. And at Bristol Bristol City, when it's 1-1, we should be pushing, you should be trying to win the game and instead we're we're wasting time at 1-1, messing around with throw-ins. It wasn't a penalty, but, you know, we hadn't done anything, These things happen, don't they? You can't can't licence for the ref, can you? You've got to play your own game. And if they, as you say, you said to me before the podcast, maybe it's game management. Maybe that is mm. seeing the game out, thinking, well, we're not going to win, 
But defending on, you know, your edge of your box is not going to help you. Well, I mean, mm. from the game before last night, um, we've had so many. Um, Watford. Uh, it, was, it was, yeah. I mean, the substitutions in that game were slightly odd. I thought. Um, yeah, I don't know, he's a, not helping himself. With the subs, I'll give him that. No, wake well, up, um, mate. I don't think. I think that's been a problem all season. Even when we were playing well, his substitutions, I've, you know, were frequently way too late. Which comes back to my point about players were asked to play way longer than they. They sh- you know, far more minutes than they should have been in the first half of the season. Part of that was because he made too few substitutions too late and kept making the same ineffective substitution all the time. You knew if we weren't winning with 20 minutes to go, Matt Smith would be coming on and would be lumping it down the middle. You know, his substitutions haven't been very good all season for me. I don't, I don't want to like kick off with McLaren particularly because I, I, who else would want the who job? else would want the job? And I don't think he's doing a bad job. Um, it's you know it's a very difficult job to do, so I don't want to kick off with him in particular. But his substitutions have been a problem, and I thought they killed us on on Friday. Well, yeah, he's got he's got this thing about taking Pav off, who is like okay. I mean, Pav does drift in and out of games sometimes, but he is he is a live threat when he's got the ball when he's he running down. And I actually like Eze, but I think that was the wrong substitution the other night. And Eze is uh, coming in for ridiculous amounts of flack. Seems to be the full guy. Seems to be dubbed as he's a kid. It's ridiculous. He's la- lazy. Um, no, well, he's, not, he's not lazy. He's a kid. He's I don't. See, I don't see the laziness. I think thing it's just his style of play. He, he's actually got more time on the ball than anybody else, and he's just. He, I don't know. He. I think. Yeah. Late, it's, it's, it, the accusations are lazy. Um, but people need to give people a chance of football. You, I mean, Les Ferdinand didn't just become a great forward. He worked at it for a number of years, and it happened for him. And you know. He's a kid. I don't. I don't understand the abuse of kids taking. I mean, I mean, Lynch is fair enough. He's a hardened pro, and he's making. Lynch, Lynch is a senior professional that's been in the yeah. game for eleven, twelve years. You know, earns a lot of money and is playing a position that should not be difficult to him after after twelve years. And he is still making the same basic mistakes mm. week after. He still, you know, he made Che Adams look like Thierry Henry. Just get, so. Practically got a bit transferred to the Premier League, apparently. Eze's a 20-year-old kid. He's played mm. 50 games in his entire life. He was massively overhyped, which we still do that as a club. And we, you know, the club should look after the kids better than... We need to learn from that. Yeah, but we say that a lot. I mean, they're obviously fattening a pig for market because you only need to look at the accounts and then we need to start selling some players for some big money pretty soon. So I get why they're doing it, but that didn't do him any favours. And McLaren picked it. He was ever present to Christmas. He played every minute. That's, mm. a, that's a hell of a lot for a, for mm. a 20-year-old. Totally. I don't get the laziness uh, angle. I, c- I can see that he's got a language style, but, you know, do you want, you know, he's, he's not Jamie Mackey, but do you want your number 10 charging 80 yards back into your own half to make a tackle? I don't, I don't, I don't particularly do. I want him, you know, where he can hurt teams. I actually think the problem this season has been the opposite, is that we've tried to drill him with this team play and you've got to have a defensive side to your game so much it's actually taken a bit away from him as an attacking player. Um, and I also, I also think when you compare the complete lack of comment about Hemed this season, who basically I don't think has looked arsed since he got here from Brighton. One, he was all right against Chef Wednesday, maybe. But I don't think he's looked, but he's looked like a Premier League loan going through the motions, had Christmas off. You know, last couple, he was, he was dreadful. This is Lince's job. He was dreadful <laughs> at Bristol City when he came on, and he was dreadful against Watford when he came on. And nobody says a damn thing about Hemed being lazy and mm. I, I think Hamed has looked lazy at times this year but nobody says a damn thing about that but Eze and you can infer whatever you like from what I'm saying here Eze 
is accused of being lazy. I don't and get that. I really don't. I don't think he is. I think he's a kid learning his trade who needs the older pros to support him more, in my humble opinion, of watching football for this length of time. I often think, what would Roy Wigley have been like if he came now? Oh, people would have, you know, you know these, wisely these track him back. It's, it's, just, it's just nonsense. I mean, to me, the person I'm looking at and thinking, wow, is Luongo. Um, since he's come back from whatever happened in the Asian Cup or whatever, he's not the same person that went out there. He's come back and he... You know, he's. He, I'm thinking maybe he needs to be. I, I just think McLaren makes his mind up in the subs before the game. He's going to say it's always Pavel. Always, you can bet your bottom dollar it's going to be him. Take it off, Swift Smith. Put Nezzy on. I understood because Smith looked absolutely knackered. But then we're knocking a lot of long ball or crosses in to someone who doesn't exist. Bidwell and Furs are never going to be win backs as long as I breathe. They're solid full backs, but I don't think you can play them as wing backs. Personal opinion. And I just think we just need to go back to what we're doing before Christmas, which was... Well, we did in the second half last night. Once yeah. Eze had come, we went back to that 4-2-3-1 and looked a lot better for it because I don't think we, we're good at three at the back. No. Um, and it's a year since Holloway was basically drummed out of playing that, isn't it? It's basically a year to the day since Holloway ditched it. And, you know, if you think back to when we met McLaren for the podcast in the summer about how he was talking about... Well, I know you played a back three for last, for most of the last season, but I think you were much better in a back four, and we all sat there and agreed. And that, you know, now here we are back with you know Bidwell and Sholek playing wing backs again. Wasn't like, that like a panic measure against Birmingham almost? Like, and, and it did. Yes, and it worked fine against Birmingham, work. but then it didn't work. It hasn't worked since. Yeah. So just you know, he's thrashing around looking for an answer, which is you know is understandable. Do you know, weirdly, the Matt Smith form hasn't helped. Yeah. Because you, you feel like no. you've got to pick him now, yeah. but he doesn't fit in the 4 2 3 1, yeah. which we're better in. Um, so, yeah. But going back to that point about Eze, I mean, I mentioned it last week on the podcast, I think, but Connor Washington's a case in point, you know, like not a very good scoring record, but was given a lot of grace by the QPR fans or the section of QPR fans. Because he charged liked, around a lot. Because he charged around a lot, like Jamie Mackey style. Um, well, Mackey did score a lot. No, Mackey, I'm, I'm, Mackey I'm not, was effective. I'm not, I'm not putting him in the same bracket as Mackey, but I'm just saying... No, interesting fact that was on Twitter today that Naki Wells exit, yeah. and Washington's record's pretty much mirrored. It's really? like they're now on the, yeah. exactly the I same... I was shocked at they're that. On, they're on exactly the same goal average yeah. for QPR. Yeah. yeah. Jeez, I didn't even fell off my chair reading that, and I was driving at the time. As you mentioned earlier, he's just had, really. a, he's had a bit of a slump in he has. form. I mean, that missed penalty as well is not going to help him, is he? No. I mean, he must have been absolutely devastated by Yeah, that. I mean, you compare his finishing to the confident finishing that we saw in the first half of the season from him. He went through on goal last night and he just seemed to have a weird sort of moment. Moment. <laughs> we just sort of stood there. I was yeah. like, we, will we be having a shot? Oh, no, we, no, we won't. Okay. <laughs> I think he, 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 was, he wasn't sure if he was going to be offside or, well, foul or whatever. I don't know what he was That's thinking. not his job, mate. Exactly, yeah. just to finish, finish it off. It's, it's, it's a weird thing because Watford, I didn't think were particularly wonderful. I think, you know, and by the way, Troy Dillis, not a cup final for us. Behave yourself. Um, you know, you're Watford. You're doing he likes making mischief, though, Troy Dini. Yeah, no, he's made it, no, no, but like, it's a few Watford fans are sent to us outside, though. What was it like? It's like you're Watford. I thought you're Kevin well, Gallant's response was quite good. Well, Watford have, Watford have won nothing, More, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, at least we got a league cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See what I mean? But anyway, they, they, they came down and did a job. But I think, again, maybe a game too far, another day... We, Two months ago, we'd have probably beat them. I know you can't live in the past, but... We, 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 should, have, be, we should have beaten them anyway. We should, exactly. We're losing this high press, tempo pressure type thing. I, They're knackered. I, yeah, basically they are. But then, now here's a question that you may think, it's just me being an idiot, which I don't mind because I am. Um, 
send the youngsters out on loan, which in at the time looked a good idea. Now, in hindsight, could I we think it's a good idea to say. I, I think there was maybe one too many. I personally, and this is not me. Um, benefit of hindsight of his display the other day, but I would have maybe kept Lily as chair. I've, I've sort of I've rated him as, as like a as like a backup. Um, I think every time I've seen him, I've been quite impressed by him. Um, and obviously, he's going to look like he'll be the next next season. It'll be yeah, he'll well, be back. Ta- in, he'll this be back time in, next year, everyone will be Enzo. talking yeah. about how lazy chair is. Yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, lazy no, chair. No, no pun okay. intended. You know. <laughs> but no, it's this time. He might like, as well be in the beach. <laughs> this time last year, like everyone was, well, you know, a bit earlier, but everyone was playing those two goals that Eze got for Wickham at Cambridge, mm. going, "Look at this guy! Look at these goals! Yeah. This is amazing! Yeah. That's a fair point. Getting back, getting back, getting back, yeah, and now yeah. they're like, "Oh, he's lazy! He's lazy!" We're yeah. ch- you know, and now we're playing these chair goals on a loop, and you know, if chair comes back and plays every game next year, then he will have a point when he gets tired and he has a bit of a lull. And what are we going to do then? Say, oh, lazy, get rid. But that's society today, though, isn't it? You want instant gratification. Where that doesn't happen. You don't get a fully fed striker. Not for, it, it, not for that. Not from a 20-year-old no, kid. You're not, you it's not going to happen, is it? No. But then I'm, I'm looking at Wee Smith that went up to um, Accrington. He's doing reasonably okay. Alias Churchill's doing absolutely excellent. And you kind of think, okay. And then the one that no one talks about is Manning. Dragged him back from lawn, and well, that, that this is the point that I was going to make when you say it'd be nice if they were still here to freshen it up. Do you think McLaren would be picking them? I don't. Mm. Mm. No, but they, there'd be an option off the bench at least, which you wouldn't use. You don't reckon? I'm, it's, no, it's I'm, like, not, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not being horrible. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I've, you know, I've <laughs> You're watched. Horrible, I've though. watched McLaren all season. Yeah. And like like we've already said, you know what substitutions but he's going to make. Every manager knows what he's going to do. So it's not like it's not a. You're not confusing anyone, are you? It's, it's no. the same every time. It's One thing I would say is that, 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 that amidst all the doom and gloom, it does still seem that the team are playing for him. It's not, it's not a case of him having lost in the dressing room and all the lost other stuff. Lost a lot of points, but at least he's lost the dressing <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah. I mean, you know, we were competitive last night. We got done. We were competitive against Bristol City. We got done by a dodgy pen. We are competitive against Watford. Had way more chances. They had one chance score from it. And we were competitive in the second half against Birmingham, which arguably we should have won. That seems to me that's, that's players responding to his clarion call I agree. at half-time. There's, cer- there's certainly no throwing in of the, uh, throwing in of the towel. No. From, what, from what I can see, it's, he was right in what you said after the game last night in that this is where mental strength is built. Because it takes a really strong team to keep your head up and keep doing what you're doing mm. through this run. Because... They must be just absolutely... You saw them all on the floor at the end of last night and they've got to pick up and go again at Middlesbrough. So that's, that's going to be the challenge. Like keeping... Because it's not going to get any easier, is it, for the next week with the fixtures we've got. But then after that, we've got a run of games in yeah. March that you would hope we should pick some points up from. And I just hope that they are still mentally there and capable of doing that by the time those games come round. Because it must be very difficult for them. Out of interest, Clive, how old are you? 34. Oh, okay. Has it ever been time in your 34 years as earth you've actually thought, oh, it's easy game time for QPR and that's actually worked out well? <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. Yeah. But, you know, if, you, if you're looking at it and you're looking at the maths of what at the bottom of the table, we need two or three wins and we've got Stoke at home, Rotherham at home and Bolton at home in March and I just, they've got to keep a mindset capable of winning those games through this tough period. Been on third in an awful long time. It seems. Which, is, which is a good place to be. Um, because yeah. if you look at the maths of what has got you relegated out of the championship over the past five years, 39 is nearly enough already. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I mean, last season, 42 was the safety mark. Okay. Season before was 51. That's high. Blimey, that's, that's high. That's high, but that's still only four more wins. 
and we've got 15 games left. And honestly, if you can't win four of your last 15 <laughs> games, you probably deserve to go down, right? Old again? Yeah. Um, <laughs> 41 the previous year, so that's okay. two draws. 42 the year before that, and 44 the year before that. So, you know, if, judging by history, What's that Peterborough got relegated on 54, yeah. So, Fick it But that's still, that's still five wins out of 15, which... It should it, not be beyond And it's it. not just that. It's, it's the teams below you having to win yeah, what yeah. Did that, they, you know, that many more games than you do. And which, what did they do at the weekend when we weren't playing? Yeah, Reading lost 4-0, uh, Rotherham blew a lead yeah. 2-2, and Bolton lost 4-0. Yeah. So, you know, someone not, on our message board was presenting a, an idea that Ipswich might catch us. Now, for, <laughs> for, for Ipswich to catch us, we literally have to lose every game, yeah. and they have to go from winning three all season to winning nine of their last 15. Okay, so... It's not that, but you know, we'd have to re-employ Paul Hart. He, he would make a really good fist of that. I so, think. assuming yeah. we do, <laughs> assuming we do stay up, um, and uh, I'm with you, I think we probably will do that. What happens in the summer? Who do we? Do, do we oh. Presumably, we have to get rid of Freeman, uh, much as I don't want to. But he's probably our most sellable asset at the moment. I do. I mean, the accounts that came out last week looked worse. They, good. Than, they looked worse than I thought mm. they were going to. Yeah, um, not good. You know, to summer, you're allowed to lose £39 million pounds under, on, on a rolling three-year basis to stay under FFP. And uh, once you take out our FFP fine of last year, which doesn't count, uh, we lost £17 million. Now, some of that, I think, doesn't count because it's paying youth team staff or whatever. Right. But that's still, that's a huge chunk of your £39 million gone. Um, Coupled with this six or seven million we lost the previous year, it basically means we can lose fifteen million this season. But if we lost fifteen million this season with that seventeen million, then we can only lose what six, seven, eight yeah. next. So, do you see what I mean? And the parachute payment ends after this season. The yeah. parachute payment is sixteen million quid. So, next season, before we even begin, we've got sixteen million quid less yeah. than we did this season. So, mm. when you're talking about out of contract players, and oh, oh, who would you keep? Who would you keep? Who would you keep of the loans? We're going to be keeping none of them. Yeah. Like the, the stark reality is we'll probably be able to keep Bidwell. And everybody else that's out of contract is probably going to have to go, which is what happened last summer. And people lost their shit. You know, why are you releasing Anua? Why are you releasing Robinson? Why are you selling Smithies? It's there in the accounts. Mm. Um, and, you, you know, I don't want to go off on one, but you, I know I am doing <laughs> I, I, I don't want to but you, you see, can't help it Clive you, know, you see on. people you know even people that are pertain, you know purporting to run journalistic websites linking QPR in January when we were under a transfer embargo with oh will Tarap come back will Charlie Austin come back I mean are you actually serious I and mean, people believe it and then they get, like start having a go at the club for it but, why are, oh you must sign a centre back you must sign a centre forward not only can we not sign players Everybody that's out of contract now is probably going to have to go. And some of the people that are under contract are going to have to be sold just to keep us under that £39 million. Oh, Next season is going to be brutal, I can tell you. It's going to no. be brutal. But it's going to be brutal for, um, presume they don't go up, um, Swansea, Villa, well, Birmingham. Swansea, Villa, I can't see anything other than a disaster if they don't go up. But Swan, they, Swansea have got another three years of parachute payments. Yeah. And they've been chucking things overboard all season. So they might be okay. Yeah. Birmingham. But there are, I'm not saying we're the only club in trouble. Well, no, but there's Sheffield thinking, Wednesday. I mean, there's, there's, Chef there's, Wednesday. I think Birmingham should be getting twelve points off soon. I was told their hearing was last week, right. so I think I don't know why that hasn't been announced. Yeah. Um, Chef Wednesday, not far behind. So we're not the only club, but well, that's what I mean. We might stay up by default next season, as in, as in uh, everyone else is getting ducked. But they're all in favour of default. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the trouble is, and this is my issue: is you can't keep selling your club. 
the season ticket holders and people coming to watch you on the basis we're hoping three teams will be worse than us. That won't last. I mean, you saw how good it was against Watford when the ground's full at the right sort of price, and people are still saying that watching paying thirty four quid to watch something last night is just it's not good. So that's another thing the club need to look at as well. Is is I don't see how you get out of that because that, that's, as of next season, that is our biggest income. Yeah, but we fun. lose, but we lose money in everything, don't we? That's that's basically that's we hemorrhage money as a club. Yeah, My we d- are still paying the players too much. Millwall came in for Matt Smith in January and couldn't afford his wages. And you would think Matt that tells you a lot. That's right. our, that, we're paying two. We're still paying two. Ninety-eight percent of our turnover last year was wages. But then that, you can't do that. That mm. might be the difference between us staying up and them going down. The fact that they couldn't afford his wages, yeah. ironically. But um, no, I mean my, my direct debit for my season ticket came out today, and I was like, God, you're taking the piss. It just, sort of, <laughs> it just flashed up on my email. I was like, Oh my god, that's one way to pay yourself. It started again then. No, it's I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm sort You're of still doing playing di- this season. Yeah, still playing oh. this season. Jesus oh. Christ! Oh God! Yeah, I'm going to open the emergency third. <laughs> yeah, I think so I'm listen, to do it. I'll have we're going to gonna, we're going to we're going to clear the decks and we're going to go off in a different direction because, dear listeners, <laughs> those that are still so with we're us, we're really sorry. Uh, has, <laughs> you haven't reached for the alcohol, the Valium, or razor blades. I appreciate staying. We're going to talk to someone who was inducted into the Forever Hours last night. Something that the club have done really well. On the back of what's going on about it in the podcast, you could say, as Cynic would say, for many years it was a club of nothing, but who cares how it came about? It's a brilliant, brilliant scheme. And Bradley Allen, who's been in the podcast a number of times, was introduced last night to the crowd, and we're going to speak to him and see what it's like to come back with his radio ears on. Bradley, thanks for joining us in the podcast. Um, nice to see you back at QPR last night. What, what was that like coming back without working for Radio London and stuff and just coming back to appreciate the moment? Yeah, as I, as I mentioned at half-time, um, when I did the interview on, on the pitch, I think the the idea, the concept of it, you know, uh, football clubs welcoming back their former players um, and, and just them being remembered uh, by the fans, um, I think it's a, it's a really nice touch. And, you know, certainly I think some of our London teams are better at doing that than others. But uh, I think Andy Stinton and his committee deserve enormous credit. And you know, speaking to one or two of the the former players, I think they've uh, they've, they've really enjoyed um, the opportunity uh, to to go back to Loftus Road. Well said, Bradley. I don't know if it was false modesty last night, but uh, but Paul Morrissey asked you for for a favourite moment or a favourite goal at QPR, and uh, you didn't really answer him. So uh, I'm I'm just interested because uh, I mean I've got a few of my own, but was there a particular a particular goal or or moment at QPR that really stands out? Well, pro- probably a couple of hat tricks spring to mind. Um, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> okay. I, I think you know the um, with with, with a, a certain. Leeds United fixture coming up, midweek fixture under the lights uh, for the Arsenal facing in uh, in the near future. I remember a game that we had against a, a very strong um, lead side in which in which we won, and I think Andy Sinton actually himself scored in, in that particular game. It might be a two two one three one victory. It was a close game. Uh, it was a tremendous match, and and I think I, I managed to. To, uh, to score at the loft end uh, from quite an acute angle and, and, and that, that atmosphere that evening. And I think the performance, more than anything, some of the football we played was, uh, was certainly memorable. I was, I was kind of hoping you'd say that because Leeds won the league that year and uh, we absolutely battered them that night. And Ray Wilkins' pass for your goal that night was just 
something else? I mean, it's like you already knew where it was going before he played it. Was there that sort of understanding with him? Most definitely, yeah. He, he could put more backspin on the ball than a table tennis player could raise. <laughs> you know, he just he had such wonderful feel on the, on his passing, and uh, and and that was often seen with uh, with with range and delivery, not only for the wingers to then serve the front players, but but often into the strikers because because uh, we played four four two back then, didn't we? Two strikers up front at times, get it forward, get it into the box create chances and, and then it was up, up to us then to uh, to try and get on the end of things and finish mm. um, I hate to drag it back to the present day because I could talk about but but what's going on at QPR we've lost six on the bounce now and luckily out of the FA Cup uh, how, how do you see it I mean you, you, you watch a lot of QPR what's your take on it well I, I won't lie I was worried I, I was uh, concerned start of the season after such a poor start and then um, we, we had a, a really good run of performances and results. I think you look now, and I think we've got to be somewhat grateful for banking those points like we did during October, November, December. Uh, and then I see the team play uh, live at Aston Villa on New Year's Day, uh, and I thought it was an excellent performance. We played ever so well, and I, and I was really, really optimistic for the remainder of the season. But, but since then, really... Um, Maybe um, we, we, we should have perhaps not forgotten the start of the season. And I think it was always going to be a campaign where we just further consolidated in the championship. And I think as, as it stands on current form, the poor run of results that we've had, I think that's probably going to be the case. I don't believe we get, we get caught up in a relegation scrap, but I think we have to arrest this poor run of form and, and quickly... Um, because we don't want to be nervously looking over our shoulder going into the last five, six games of the season. So, I mean, what, this 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 poor run of form, we've, we've spoken at length here. We've had a lot of bad luck. We've had some injuries. We play at players like, you know, uh, out of form at the same time. Um, how do you, um, you know, because the players have had to pick themselves up four times in the last 10 days. Uh, yeah. How do you go again against Middlesbrough away and then some of the other uh, leads we've got as well? I mean, it's not an easy run. No, it's difficult because you make a really good point. You know, the squad is relatively thin. It's been stretched. And unfortunately, when you're in this situation, I, I sort of uh, can remember back to the, the, the final season that I was at QPR, actually, 96, which was a season that ultimately cost us Premier League status um, and, and, and they, they went down that campaign. Um, we lacked experience and, and I think, you know, Angel Rangel out the side, Jeff Cameron out the side, both injured. That's been a blow. That's been a blow and, and that's not helped. And you, and you just sometimes need those sort of players in the dressing room and on the pitch to just perhaps make steadier decisions, more consistent performances. It doesn't always have to be perfect, brilliant football, but just, just to get you a result, just to get you the draw, to give yourself a bit of confidence, possibly sneak a win. And then a bit like last night when we equalised against the run of play, you see how it lifted the crowd and the mm-hmm. stadium when, when Luke Freeman scored. I think that's almost what we need very quickly in, in the next one or two games. And I think and then if we can do that, then, then I'm sure we'd be OK and we, we, we finish the season uh, more positively. Hi there, Clive. Um, going back to your day, um, what would you say was the funniest moment that us fans would have seen? <coughs> Bradley. <around> one... <laughs> Bradley. 
Clive's brother. One of the funniest moments. Sorry, I didn't quite catch that. I was saying, what's the, what's the funniest moment uh, with your teammates? That us fans well, would have seen. Oh, there, there, there's plenty. I, I think you, you'd have to probably Big Macca behind the scenes. You know, the, uh, the, 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 the ribbing, the pranks that he was always up to. Um, often you knew when Macca was going to have a good game because... A puff of smoke went up over the top of the uh, the toilet cubicle, probably about five minutes before kickoff at Loftus Road. Uh, bless him, and 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 that was that was always, you know, very humorous to see. And you know, he just then strode out on the pitch and performed brilliantly as he as he always tended to do. And and I tried to make this point last night. You know, homegrown players, bit of a dying breed, really. But mm. we had a connection with the club, and it, and and it sort of. It meant something to us, and we certainly knew what and who we were represented. And, and most importantly, we we, we endeavoured to try to do uh, our best in performance by the uh, by the supporters that we were playing for. Which always helps. Well, you know, funny enough, we've been talking about this tonight, Bradley. As a person who came through the whole system at QPR and established itself in the first team, um, young Ezzy seems to be getting a lot of stick. Um, how does that affect youngsters? And, and is football and society too harsh in kids these days? Will it really give them a chance? Great question. Yeah, you know, I work and I have done for over a decade now with, with young players. Uh, and, and I think, you know, with, with the power now of, of, of social media, players themselves surrounding them with maybe the wrong people, agents, they want, you know, success instantly. But if you want to be half decent or any good at certainly professional sport that does not happen overnight it takes time and and that's where as fans I think you 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 have to try and find um, a degree of patience and understand that these young players will only improve with more football getting playing time getting opportunity yeah they'll frustrate they'll drive you absolutely bonkers sometimes you know they'll they'll be inconsistent They'll miss chances. They'll misplace a pass. I'm, I'm sure, though, if they understand the passion of the fans and, and, and most importantly, just give it um, massive effort, you, you then will certainly be given the benefit of the doubt. And I think, you know, if if Eddie, I think in the in the uh, in the next season or two can do that, nobody's questioning his potential or technical ability. Then I'm sure he's got an opportunity to uh, to become a key player at uh, QPR. So, Bradley, I just you you talk about QPR as you know as if it as if it's your club and and, and it's our club as well. You refer to it as as we, and you've obviously got a strong connection with it with the club. I just I want to I'm I'm interested about how it came that you you left the club when you did because it's not like we were blessed with a lot of good strikers at that time, and you went off and played very well for for Charlton, and then although you weren't particularly happy there very well at Grimsby, you probably kept Grimsby in the division a couple of years longer than they should have been. Why? How did it come that you you left QPR when you did? Because you know it seemed it seemed to me like you were probably our best striker when you did leave. Well, I think I think what what actually happened um, that season ninety five ninety six was it was um, the the new ruling that had come in place from um, from John Mark Bosman, where where players at the end of their contracts from from one European country to another. Uh, could move on a free when when they were at the end of their their contract and that particular season at QPR, I I was out of contract, and there was some some gentle interest 
from uh, from from one or two clubs uh, abroad, and and I think you know QPR sort of got wind of that, and and where I'd I'd had uh, a returning to the side, having had probably nine months of, of injury and a frustrating time. As I mentioned, you know the team then lacked a little bit of experience, and it was a very difficult campaign. And obviously we were we were teetering on relegation. Uh, and then that opportunity came where, you know, Alan Kerbisley had watched me uh, as I was regaining fitness, um, playing in Queen's Park Rangers Reserves. And, and I think the club sort of thought, well, we'd rather maybe take some money now, um, as they did. Um, and, and I moved across to Charlton rather than waiting to let me go for nothing at the end of the season. And, and you know, although it was a, a division down, uh, I, I just thought that... Um, you know, it was it was to be playing for a manager in a club that were were showing progression and, and and wanted to to get to the top flight. Hence, uh, that that's what made my mind up on the move. I always thought it was a shame. I always thought it was bloody stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know about football? <sighs> Bruce Rioch and Stuart Houston—they were two geniuses of a god made, didn't he? Anyway, Bradley, um, we're going to let you. I don't want them let you go, but I'm just saying. Um, the season's going to pan out for QPR reasonably okay. We'll, we'll probably stay up and at there. Um, do you know any good young strikers going cheap and a good ball-winning centre-half and a, a really good combative midfielder? <laughs> Asking for a friend in W12. Well, well what I am pleased to see, I, you know, I know you've, you've loaned a few younger players out. Um, I think Elias Chairs at Stevenage got mm, a couple player. of cracking goals at the weekend. A, a young striker that I worked with uh, who was formerly at Spurs Academy, a remedy OT, who sort of, you know, dipped his toe in and, and had a sort of a breakthrough opportunity. He's at Walsall uh, and, and going to get some football. So so I really hope that, um, you know, the, the, these younger players, you know, get the chance. But the, the million-dollar question, of course, is, is going to be whether, you know, they can consistently uh, produce if QPR are to be a championship team Next season, and that and that's going to be a big ask. Mm. Having said that, I think I think you look at Joe Lumley; he's going to be a top goalkeeper, um, and he, and he and he's shown the more that he's playing. You mentioned Desi, um, so that so there's a, certainly I think the club maybe it's partly enforced re, re, returning to those values, and I, and, I, and I hope that that then gives the um, the QBR fans you know that that underpinning of of a, of a young. Uh, more youthful, uh, youthful, vibrant team. But with a couple of old heads, like you said, I mean, should we move heaven and earth to keep Angel Rangel, uh, if you like? Um, uh, and and he, he seems like a good ambassador for the club as well. He seems good on and off the pitch. Yeah, both both him and, and, and Jeff Cameron, I think, have, have proved to be astute signings. I think the thing is, though, you know, how many games will, will they be able to fulfil? I think that'll be the question. And obviously the wages that those sort of players come at. But but certainly if you can get uh, another couple of, of that sort of ill, then I think that will certainly help the uh, the, the nurturing of the, the younger ones within the squad as well. I think that's absolutely uh, crucial in the uh, in the summer transfer window. Brilliant. Nice um, one, mate. Bradley, Thanks, I've got to let you, you go because the podcast has got to run over time and we all know what happens when we go over time at QPR. It doesn't end well. <laughs> um, no, you got into just as I said to the River Hours, but listen, you, Clive, and more importantly, Les, 
are always going to be forever ours in our books and um, best to your family from us big man and it's been too long you've got to pop in again for a beer son and uh, have a wee chat because um, it's always I look great forward to that no worries give, yeah, we, give, get that, we get that sorted before the end of the season always a pleasure to talk alright and pass the regards on to your family fella cheers Please. mate thanks, thanks. thanks. Thank thank you, mate. cheers mate bye have a nice evening bye bye do you know what? 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 I know I say a lot of these on the time, but he's a he's a lovely fella. He was if my I, he was I my was, favourite when I was a kid. Wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. just great because I saw he was so sharp, so like perfect to play off Les, wasn't he? Yeah, just yeah. very underrated player. I thought got, Engl- got England under twenty one caps, which you know, imagine if we had an England under twenty one <laughs> player now. You know, but then the flip side of that is he didn't. I mean, I mean yeah, like you say, he had a decent career with Charlton and then Grimsby, but he didn't push on to another club in the Premier League. No, I think he he mentioned they had a bad injury, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, And obviously, Kevin came through the ranks at that time at QPR and was just going to, you know, was a superstar. So, you know, a number of things happened. It was a bad decision let me go low, I think, in hindsight. Well, it was in hindsight because obviously Kevin got injured two games into Mm. the following season and Bradley got 13, 14 goals for Charlton, including one at QPR. But I just, you know, Wilkins, for some reason... Always seemed to underuse him when he was manager. You know, Wilk- pissing about with Hately and whatever. We, you know, and Alan never really got a look in, which I, I didn't quite understand. Thing. I mean, Hately's don't forget signs and crutches, which I'll never get away with. One of the most strangest things yeah. is I remember I was standing in the loft with mate, which you know, watched him come on. And he's like, "Forgive the French." Oh, great. He's in fucking crutches. That says a lot, doesn't it? And sorry for the terrible Cockney accent. I've never been good at it. And I was just like, Jesus. And it never ever... And that was probably his best moment in a QPR type atmosphere. Oh, awful apart, from the, apart from awful. the ear, the oh, ear, the ear cupping yeah, incident. But, yeah, apparently. Yeah, just ridiculous. Anyway, listen, we're going to wrap up a scene before our engineer has a blows a fuse. So Bradley was sharp, though. Like sharp finishers like that. John Spencer. Andy Thompson, yeah, just yeah. ball drops in the butt, like a Billy Sharp type. Well, your ball best drops. Guy Bannister, really, yeah, it's, obviously it's, it's, that type of thing. But Bradley Spencer was, was Spencer was brilliant. But Amazing, Alan yeah. was so sharp, you know, the ball dropped in the box. It's really you said about that pass from Wilkins. I'd forgotten about that. Oh, but that, was, that if, pa- because not enough games in them days were televised. So no. you, you kind of forget things. And when you saying that, you kind of go in your mind back saying, "What would you pay?" It for was still a, it was still a hell of a finish. But he, he did that. He he knew what he was doing, but. Sadly for him, and it's not a criticism, because of Clive, he was always the younger brother, when in his own right he was a damn fine finisher. That Wilkins, um, that Wilkins pass rather puts paid to the idea that he was the crab that only ever passed <laughs> sideways. I never, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I never understood that, or people who never praised him enough and why he didn't get an England recall when he's playing a QPR, because we watched many a team at Loftus Road and he was by far the best midfielder. In Absolutely. League, it's probably right? the same no. people that think Eze is lazy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. We've, we've kind of done the analysis of the, the present. Now, we won't talk about Brentford because that's for next week's podcast. Um, we're oh going God. to talk about Middlesbrough and Leeds. Brentford, by the way, are we still selling tickets for that? Have we, have we sold out yet? There's not exactly a rush on, no, but yes. That's a strange yeah. one, isn't it? Normally, it's like everyone's swearing and going mad that they didn't get any in. Well, like they were for Portsmouth. Yeah. yeah. And yet, well, yeah. I heard from a lot of people I hadn't heard from for a while for, oh, the, yeah, uh, yeah. for the Portsmouth <laughs> game. Yeah. Yeah, I get that sometimes. Yeah, they don't realise I drive a van. I've got absolutely. Well, I heard from someone I know from ages, and ended up on Football Focus. So thanks, Mel, for that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were very good in that. Your daughter was playing. Anyway, Chris, Chris, uh, the uh, the editor's looking for fans. I told him you'll do it. What? (laughs) (laughs) You did well. You ruined my TV. Anyway, listen. So. We're, we're going into this Middlesbrough game. What are we thinking? What, what, what do we think? Because we know how Poulos is going to play. We know because he hasn't changed it in 100 years. We know what he's going to do. Can we 
Well, Matt get Smith's going to start, presumably, if he's fit. Yeah. Can we get any up there? Yeah. Okay. They're not playing particularly... We beat them early on in the season. They're not playing particularly well, and they get these runs often come to an end when you sort of least expect it. That's why I suddenly started believing halfway through last night. Having gone last night expecting us to lose, I started to believe and then got kicks in the crotch again. Um, so, yeah, we can. I saw an odd, odd static. I think Middlesbrough have got the best defense, their defensive record in the league. I think they've only conceded okay. 21, 22 goals. But half of them, and this is odd for a Pulis team, half of them are from set pieces. <laughs> Um, oh. so they've, they've conceded half their goals this year off corners and free kicks um, and we're shit hot at that <laughs> well you know it's a shame that Luke uh, Freeman's injured but you know how injured is he do we know he's not well yeah I mean, I mean is he knowing, her, knowing our luck he'll pass away peacefully in his sleep <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's escalating it slightly there Clive I was going to say, is he going to be out for the next game? For the sake of clarity, what Clive was saying, he's probably going to pass the ball a lot more on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, go on. Um, Yeah, so, I I mean, it is, but having said that, we, you know, we lose the game against Birmingham, so that'll be typical QPR, we win at Bristol City, they've won nine on the trot, and we didn't quite do it. That'll be typical QPR, we knocked Premier League, Watford out of the cup. Be typical QPR, we beat West Brom, and you're always clinging on to that. At the moment, it's not worked, but I, I do hope it's typical QPR that now we go and score four goals against the meanest defence in the division. That'd be dirt. I'd take one all right now, to be honest. <laughs> oh, yeah, just let's not go. Let's not go. 1 1, stay here. <laughs> Brilliant. Just, just <laughs> stop the rot. I think we need to just, just for the players, because like I said, there's only so many times you can peel yourself back off the floor, and the fans peel themselves back off the seats, you know. It, it, I, yeah. I, what, I, what I would say is, I'm not unduly worried because uh, as I said before I think McLaren's still got the confidence of the team I think we're just you know I don't know a little bit of luck something you know something going off off someone's backside into the goal from getting a win or getting a point on the board I don't think it's crisis time yet no I don't either do you think you might try and dig in and just try and dig in I think you'll get a draw I think you'll want a draw all day to be honest but we're not. We don't seem to be that good at holding on for draws at the moment. So maybe we should go the other so way. So quickly, <laughs> we've now got to cover. T- yeah, ours end. Yep. No, 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 no. Don't jump. Don't jump. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to cover the Leeds game as well briefly. So we've, we've beat Middlesbrough. Yeah. Along comes Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, be- are Leeds that good? Do we need to worry? I don't think they are. I think they're beatable. Personally speaking. Well, I mean, they're, they're pretty decent. They've been like first or second for most of the season, so Don't they can't be that bad. Mate, we yeah. couldn't beat we couldn't beat Wiggins, like you know, so we're getting ahead of ourselves <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, but he just he, it's his fault. Hey, he, he started giving it all this typical QPR, typical. You lose to Wigan, you lose, you concede forward to Birmingham in the first half, then you go and beat Middlesbrough, then you go and beat Leeds. He started it. Hey, okay, um, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get a draw at Middlesbrough and we'll beat Leeds. <clears throat> there you go. It's fucking brilliant. That's what I want to hear. Um, right. I know what my R's end is going to be, so I'm saying nothing. So I'm going to look at you, Have Clive. you got more than one? Nope, nope, just one. It's all good. And uh, it's very, very, very short, like my good self. Okay. I was, I was, my R's end was going to be that uh, David Fraser sent me a text this morning saying, keep it light. So <laughs> I, I hope I've, Sorry, uh, David. So I, hope I, I hope I've succeeded in that. Um, on, on, on a truthful note, how do you think that went? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we'll, we'll see, won't we? Um, just to re- run through the, where we were last season compared to where we are now because uh, whenever we do well everybody that hated Holloway goes oh, see how much better McLaren is please we're rid of Holloway and then whenever we do badly everyone that loved Holloway goes fucking McLaren not as good should never have got rid of Holloway 
At this point last season, uh, we were 16th with 39 points, uh, 10 wins, 9 draws and 13 defeats. We are so consistent. This year, we have 11 wins, 6 draws and 15 defeats, again, for 39 points. Wow. So we wow. are Some people two places. Consistency. Di- That's consistency. Yeah, we've, we're very consistent. But we're 100 grand later. We're two, we are two places lower and we went two, two rounds further in the FA Cup. But, but are we later. any are we any further on really? A week mm. in wages, indeed. Well, I'm looking forward to coming back. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, lads. Yeah. When, when, when nice we, to see you. When we, beat, <laughs> when we beat Middlesbrough and Leeds and Brentford, you're on. All right, no arguing. Don't care what you're doing. Did the five aside. Whatever you're doing, you're coming in here because it's not fair. I think it's cruelty. <laughs> it has been pretty cruel last week, hasn't it? It's it is. Like, feels like going to work, have your dog put down like three times a week. Because <laughs> it? like, when you concede in the last minute, it's just it leaves it's you. With, it just leaves you with that horrible feeling, doesn't it? And I've, I've, we, you know, said, I've been banned from taking a dog to the vet. I go to pieces because, like, the, you know, when the vet are doing this examination. Is this your R's end? No, no. I'll get there in a second. Sounds like it's the dog's R's end. And Snoopy's got <laughs> Snoopy's got a few things. A, he's a fat bastard, but. Is a few things wrong with him, bless him. And I'm just standing there going, is he going to be all right? Will he live? Yeah, we just give him his booster, maybe. <laughs> uh, so I've officially been banned now from taking him to the vet because apparently I turned into a quivering wreck. How so, much are these boosters? Fucking don't even start me in that. It's not cheap. Can I? No, don't okay. start him. Don't well, start well, him. Maybe bring those. Do, do you want a booster please, for QPR? Maybe bring one yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 um, yeah. <laughs> the vet goes casually, yeah, everything's fine, but his teeth are a bit rotten. So that's going to be about two and a half grand. And I was like, Jesus, it's cheaper to get me undone. But anyway, I'll, I'll no, do it. No, it's not, mate. I've just spent four and a half grand on mine. Can't you just give it squelchy food? <laughs> Does it need teeth for? Don't ever buy a pet. No. Um, <laughs> James, your hours end. I just think, you just, we need to keep the faith. Blind oh, faith. You've just got to keep, keep, keep the faith. So it's so got to turn the corner at some point. It's got to run for us. Yeah, you don't just keep losing forever. No, you, you can't. Do you? Mm. Do. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I agree. I've got two points. Um, uh, hang on. Well, <laughs> did I not you just say? I thought you had got one. one. Have you got very short? You said you had one and very short. Like yourself. Yeah, no. What? That's what you I said. I can say that. That's what you said. I don't know if you can. <laughs> That's what you said. I'm only repeating what don't you said. Come on, this podcast, James, and insult the host. Even if it's a really crappy host, no, you can't insult them. That's the idea. Come yeah, on you can insult the host. Do it when Fraser's on. He's a taller host. Um, no, I forgot to mention the passing of John Pridelock last week Fair. and okay. I, I, I'm sorry for that and um, may he rest in peace that's sad that people are so young are leaving us and um, so I'm going to do my R's end which is very quick but I keep doing this stupid thing on my phone which is Samsung Pen I can't get rid of it right uh, just, I, 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 thanks for that Paul yeah. <laughs> other mobile phones are available yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I should never have got and this probably better by the sound yeah, it's crap mate <laughs> right we're going to play out the podcast at the end I haven't done mine I just saying. Haven't you? It's not much. No. It's not much you know, I, I can't believe every week you bring a whole pack of the Chris. I don't, it's the first time I've ever bought a big No, it's not. Don't lie. You bring Chris here all the time. Usually Monster Munch. Anyway. I think, <laughs> What's I think we may have lost our way over the last five minutes. Yeah. Lost our way? We're in a, we're in a cul-de-sac, mate. Okay. We've got over a wall. Yeah. Very quickly. Um, first of all, um, Jordan Cousins, uh, last couple of games, he, or last few games. Contracts have been very good. Uh, yeah, I know. There, there is that. But yeah. Fair play to him. And secondly, on the train to Sheffield last night, um, I met a guy who's called Darren and Sam Graham, I think, who live in Corby. So 
and, and they came down all the way from Corby to watch that and all the way back again. Uh, Corby's in Northamptonshire, I think. And uh, yeah, fair play to them. I said I'd give them a shout out, so I have done. I, li- and, I lived uh, in Corby for a while. Fair play to them for living. Fair play <laughs> for them living in Corby. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that is a wild place. Is it as bad as Ralph Cool? It's basically 60,000 Scottish people with nothing to do. Yeah, says that Ralph Cool. Um, right, we're g- before we play out, I have just remember one more thing. <laughs> oh, to, Lord. Bloody S. Ronnie Corbett here. Just, oh, Jesus, doing this bloody pay thing again. Right, first of all, right, we're going to play out. But, uh, come on, phone, you can work. Don't let me down. Do not leave me yet. Right, the Goldbones, produced by Mick Jones, have got a song called Corridor of Love. And that's going to be what you're going to hear at the end of this podcast. The massive QPR fans, they're good lads, and um, I'd love to get Mick Jones in this podcast. If I don't do anything before I die, it's to find gluten-free fig rolls and get Mick Jones in this podcast. I'll be happy. Not necessarily in that order. Don't care. I'll take both. <laughs> anyway, so he's coming on now. My R's end is quite a simple one. At the very, very. Oh, you haven't done your R's end yet. <laughs> what the hell? Well, that was that was more or less it. Oh, okay. Really. Okay. But, yeah, right. Good is to thank. Everyone who listens to this podcast. And you know what? I'll say it. There's a lot of people that slag the podcast off. I'm fair play to them. They've got their opinions. They're entitled to them. I have no issue with it. But come on the podcast. Tell us. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Come on. Everyone's welcome. This is not a clique. This is not just our mates that come down the pub. Everyone is welcome. Even the ones that want to come on and tell us how crap we are. It's open to everyone. Put yourself forward. That's all I ask. It's very easy to snipe at us. Come and do it. And we'll be more than happy to buy you a drink afterwards. Right, this has been Open All Hours. I forgot to introduce myself. I'm David Fraser. It's been a <laughs> It was a joke, Chris. It was a joke. I know, but I just can't. Just, just for the uh, some people who can't see, Finney's actually been on water all night, just so you know. Have you noticed a difference? I've even more shy than when I'm drunk. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to say that. But... Exactly. And um, you told me people coming all the way. Alan and his little lad came down from Stoke last night, and the season take orders, and... People who do this week in, week out, Dave Thomas, absolute legends. Keep the faith, keep supporting the Oz, it will get better. Thank you. Photograph of you